Hi, and thanks so much for joining us at Tycor Title Tuesdays at 2. I'm Ryan Pulliam. Well, as Governor Sisolak just announced, we are going to keep our phaser set on 2. We're not going to move forward till uh, to phase 3 till at the very least July 31st. And we definitely don't want to take a step backwards. But what does that mean for the city, our state, and actually our region? One thing that obviously comes to mind is our tourism industry and our gaming industry because they're such huge juggernauts of our state economy. So I'm extremely excited today to bring on a good friend of mine who is COO of Maverick Gaming, a regional gaming company in the Western US. So I'd love for you guys to all meet Justin Beltram, who again is the COO of Maverick Gaming. Justin, thanks so much for joining us at Tycor Title Tuesdays at 2. No problem. Good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you as well, man. Thanks so much. And this is a first for us. You're actually on a ferry, on a boat, going across the Puget Sound. That is the life of a jet-setting COO, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good deal, man. Well, uh, before we get into kind of what you guys do, can you just explain to the audience what Maverick Gaming is and tell uh, tell us how you got involved with them? Yeah, so we're a regional gaming company. We, uh, Me and my partner... He was, um, he was CEO of Aruze Gaming, and I was a corporate VP at Las Vegas Sands, and we decided we want to own our own. We want to quit working for these other corporations. So we quit, and we started Maverick Gaming, and um, we started acquiring uh, little regional casinos, whatever we could find that was worth purchasing and had a good price for us. Well, now, so you kind of mentioned uh, your career prior to Maverick Gaming. You'd actually spent a lot of time in the, you know, the major international gaming corporations. What all did you learn from those companies that you took to say, okay, this is going to be the foundation of Maverick Gaming? Yeah, so I mean, it's really the best practices, right? I, I call it blocking and tackling the gaming. You learn like the, I was at MGM for 11 years, so I learned a lot from them. And then I switched over to Las Vegas Sands and I was over in Asia, so I learned a lot of culturally um, different um projects and just a way to work through stuff so just kind of putting all that together and then applying it to these smaller mom and pop type casinos we've been buying it, it actually adds a lot of breath to the, to the business plan now speaking of what your acquisitions were you guys were kind of on like sherman's march to the sea you guys were acquiring properties seems like every every time i opened up facebook there's a new press release with the properties that you guys had been acquiring so what was kind of your strategy going into 2020 and what is your guys's growth model what do you guys want that growth model to look like yeah so we were again we were buying regional stuff but we tried to consolidate within areas that we can um take advantage of economies of scale right so we would we had northern nevada we have a cluster in northern nevada right we have four casinos up there right now we have one management team one finance group one hr group and then we start acquiring um the smaller card rooms in washington i think we're up to 19 now um but again same model right same business model take these smaller smaller operations with multiple accounting folks multiple hr combining them and then applying the best practices from uh, the companies that we work for right so just kind of putting it all together and then and then just increasing EBITDA and in business as we went which it was and it was on a roll and obviously our lenders thought so too so <laughs> that, that allowed us to buy more we were increasing our equity just kept growing so that was that was the plan going into all this and we got kind of got sidetracked along with the rest of the world and so yeah so you guys are kind of on a pause right now right at least acquisition wise yeah for now we got we're get back on our feet get the revenue back rolling through and then I'm sure if we ever do return to some kind of normalcy, we'll, we'll start growing again. Well, that kind of brings us into the next question. I mean, Las Vegas gets a lot of attention, the larger resorts, what they're doing to kind of make sure that the 
the, the, the sanitation's there, everything's clean, it's a safe environment. What are you, what, but your guys' model's a little bit different. It doesn't, I mean, I'm assuming it doesn't rely solely on so much international travel in those smaller uh, areas, but how has the COVID pandemic, you know, affected the business in Northern Nevada as you guys have started to open back up? Yeah, we, we don't get that transient crowd in, in any of our jurisdictions because we, we have Colorado too, but um, we're more of like a, we're not quite local, but we're not quite tourist. We kind of get the, the regional, right? So the people from Salt Lake will drive over on the weekends over to Wendover, Denver, uh, the Denver residents drive to Blackhawk on the weekends. So we get that in-between crowd. And um, as far as business practices, we, I mean, we still have the same practices as most of the Vegas casinos, right? We still have all the same regulations we have to follow. So we still have to clean the machines. We still have to abide by the mask. We still have to do temperature checks. We still do all the regular regulations. It's just our, our business group's a little bit different, which I think allows us to come back a little quicker, right? The regional, the regional gambler wants to go to their regional place before they're going to travel on an, on an airplane to go some, to a destination resort, right? So we've seen pretty good demand of these first couple of weeks that we're open. And then what is the, what, what's the biggest challenge that you guys are facing right now in, be it in Northern Nevada, in Washington, or maybe even in Colorado? Just getting our, our employees and our patrons used to these, to the new norm, right? They don't want to wear masks. Traditionally, they want to smoke their cigarette instead of the <laughs> slot machine, right? So they, uh, getting them to wear the mask. Social distancing of bars has is, is been tough for us, but I mean, we're giving we're, we're giving it a strong push and reminders and retraining and constant uh, push for masks. And it, it's been it's been tough, but we're getting there. Right? So. And then have you guys kind of taken an approach across the board or are you guys adhering to each of the state regulations? Or are they all pretty much the same? They're all they're all a little different. I mean, for the most part, the sanitation and everything is the same. But for example, in Colorado, we're not allowed to have uh, table games open, right? We just can't have them. We're in Nevada, we can have them, but we have to have three per table. They have to wear masks. We have to cleanse the chips. We have to cleanse the cards. So they're all a little different, but it still revolves around the cleaning and sanitation of the whole, of the whole property. Has, have any of your staff, have they transitioned from maybe they were in one arena on the property and now they've had to transition just because the sanitation has become such a priority? Well, not necessarily because of sanitation, but we've had We've had employees switch departments just for pure need of employees. So in Colorado, we, we don't have dealers right now, but we have our dealers working to clean slot machines and work on some other stuff. So at least we got everyone off of furlough, mm -hmm. which was fantastic, but um, not everyone's in their same position. Gotcha. Well, that, that at least, you know, everybody has to kind of adapt in, in this day and age. Now, you, you kind of mentioned that you're more of a regional. What, what, is, the, what is the percentage of maybe like a, a local or a regional, or do you still have people coming from kind of far away that they may not want to get down to Las Vegas yet, but you know what, they still, that you, like you said, that demand for that game and that excitement that you guys can provide, that's still there. So do you, do you kind of have a percentage of, of, of what your um, typical patron looks like? Yeah, I, we have, I would say 90% of our patrons are within 200 miles of our, of our resorts or casinos. So, but that other 10% is the drive through traffic and you will get like in Northern Nevada, we'll get, you know, Idaho and Wyoming, they'll come down. But again, it's because they can drive and not have to fly all the way to Vegas to get their, you know, their blackjack or their poker game in. When, when you guys, uh, when you guys are looking at properties or when you had looked at properties, when you guys were doing the acquisition, was that pretty much kind of, did you take a look at the demographics of the surrounding areas to say, okay, this is, 
this is probably, you know, we could probably pull from these, you know, five or six communities that are kind of surrounding the casinos. Yeah, I mean, we looked at the the viability of the the customers during downturns, right? So, you know, Windover Windover has always been a strong, you know, casino community because Salt Lake City's not going anywhere, and you're not getting any other casinos close. So, it goes into the consideration of why we buy the properties, but not necessarily. We didn't get into the detail of who they were. It was more so just the concentration of, of population. Gotcha. And then, uh, Justin, what are you guys kind of, you know, over the next? Obviously, the next six months of 2020 are going to be kind of touch and go with 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 how we move on until hopefully we'll get a vaccine uh, coming down the pipeline. But what are you guys kind of really paying attention to uh, going into the, the the latter part of the summer, fall, and and winter? I mean, obviously, we don't want any kind of um, any kind of further further outbreaks, right? We we want all this to settle down as much as possible. So we pay attention to you know the stats the CDC produces, you know, obviously what the local governments are saying. Me personally, I look, I go to the CDC site and look at the, um, just the overall desk attributed to, to any lung problems, just to kind of see, just so it moderates any kind of media or anything. That's just my personal, mm-hmm. personal um, stats that I look at. But again, we, we want everyone to be as safe as possible, empl- employees and customers, so we don't get any kind of um, relapse on this stuff. Right, absolutely. So, uh, Justin, I know that you're you're about to take off, so we, we might lose you. So, I just want to kind of make sure that we can get a, a little bit of a plug for Maverick Gaming. What are some of the properties that you guys own? So, if there are people driving through the state or going to Washington or hanging out in Colorado, what are some of your guys' properties to make sure that we can uh, people in our audience can make sure that they they stop in and, and and take advantage of that Maverick Gaming hospitality? Yeah, so we're um, in Blackhawk in Central City. We have. The Grand Z Casino, Johnny Z's, and uh, Z Casino, all off of I-70 up there in Blackhawk and Central City. And then in Northern Nevada, we have two in Windover, which is the Windover Nugget and the Red Garter. And then we have two in Elko, which is the Red Lion and Gold Country. And then in Washington, we have 19 different ones. And you said those are just- Our bigger ones, we those are smaller card rooms, right? Uh So for people in in Vegas, it's kind of like, I call it PTs with blackjack. <laughs> so it's kind of, but yeah, we have 19 and they're all branded different names. We're, we're in the process of rebranding a Maverick, Maverick brands, mm-hmm. um, which hopefully we'll do over the next year and a half. But um, yeah, so we have, we have roughly 50 to 60% of the open card rooms in the Seattle area. That's awesome. So well, good. That's uh, that's good to know if anybody in our audience is ever in any of those and they want to get a little uh, get a little card game going. So Justin, I know that your time is really really tight, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Anything else that you'd like our audience to know? No, I just uh, stay safe, right? Let's let's get over this. Let's get over <laughs> this. Let's get to a new norm and uh, get back to life as normal as, we, right. as we're used to. That sounds good, Justin. Thank you so much for, for 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 coming on today and sharing a little bit of your time and insight with us. No problem. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks so much, Justin. Well, thank you guys for joining us as well. Our audience, I want to thank our producer down at Rigel Studios, Rick Manning, who's always available to help us out on short notice or as a uh, as, as our regular scheduled program. Um, so I just want to let you guys know, to please stay safe, and we will be back next week. But until then, we'll continue to be the most resourceful people in town.